0: Father, that you love us. God, there are many of us in here uh, who don't know our dads or the dads are no longer alive today or there's broken relationships, but you are a good father and you never fail. And for that, we worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we praise you today, amen. You ready to worship together? Come on, let's go.
1: I'm full.
2: spirit just pressed on my heart that there were people here today whether you're in this room or online that you're in a spot where you are waiting for God to do something but you're waiting and you haven't seen it happen yet maybe that's an answer to a prayer maybe that's a health report maybe that's something in your family or a job and I was thinking about it and it says in the scripture that faith is the assurance Of things that are unseen and you know what we serve a God who operates in the unseen he rules and he reigns above it he's not bound by time he's not bound by our bodies he's not bound by diagnoses. he's not bound by the things in this world that hold us back the things that we have to have he doesn't work with any of that he works outside of it and so this morning if you're here and whether you're online or you're in this room I want to encourage you That let's lean into the words of these songs and what we're doing in this moment is we are putting Jesus in his rightful place on the throne above all the things that hold us down. So I wanna encourage you all around this room and in your homes, let's just close our eyes and let's lift our hands to God today. And what we're doing in this moment, this is a physical thing, but it's a spiritual practice of putting Jesus in his rightful place, of coming to him with a humble posture And as we sing the words of this song, I want to encourage you, if you're discouraged, sing this into the atmosphere of your heart. Sing this into the atmosphere of your life until you believe it, that even when I don't see it, we know that he is working because he operates in the unseen. He operates beyond time. He operates outside of what holds us down. Amen. Let's sing this together.
1: Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never come on, sing that again. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on, church. Let's sing it like we meet it this morning. Even when I you're working Even when I don't feel that you're working
0: We're saying, Jesus, get rebuke your disciples. And and he said back to them, He's like, Yo, if, if they don't make some noise, the rocks are gonna cry out. And what he was saying in that moment is like, whether you like it or not, I'm gonna get the glory. You might as be might as well be the one to give it to me. You know what I mean? Like when we're singing, we're not singing because God needs it, God's already got it. We're just singing it because we're aligning ourselves with what was already true and will always be true. That Jesus is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life, that he is the name that is above every name, that at that name, every one of our knees will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you lift your hands one more time? That he is the name. I want to invite you, if you never have, to even in this moment to proclaim that Jesus is the name that is above your household. That he's the name that is above your, your, your strength or your issue. He's the name that is above your future and your past. That he is the name that is above every single name. Lord, in this moment we proclaim with the rocks with the trees with all of creation and with the whole world and the church around the globe today we proclaim that it is not us it is not some other god it is not some other name it is not a philosophy or an idea it is the name of jesus the one that is above every name that we worship and that we stand upon and this morning we thank you and we proclaim that it is no one but you And we take confidence in that we're so thankful god for that and God, in all your power, you demonstrated it by loving us. We rest in that. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said. Come on, wasn't that a powerful time in worship? And uh, I, I'm sure you felt that at home as well. And we, we uh, man, it was so good, so good. Um, While we're still in this attitude of worship, normally we like to pray for another local church in our area. But we want to pray for uh, our mission trip team that's going to be embarking on a journey. Uh, We leave on Tuesday. There's 49 of us, 48 maybe. You know, 48 now, but who knows? Maybe it'll get to 60. I don't know. We got a couple days to figure that out. So I want to invite uh, Jay and Molly up to the front and Nahariko as well. And uh, these are a couple of our leaders that are on the trip. I'm going to be going as well. And it's going to be an incredible, incredible time. And we're gonna be serving the community of of Baton Rouge at the Dream Center there. And many of you have heard of the Dream Center, whether in LA uh, and very similar, what they're doing in in Baton Rouge, making a huge, 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 huge difference. And it's just incredible. Um, And so would you stretch your hands out toward uh, this team? And you're you're laying hands right now on 49 people uh, that are gonna be going to make a difference. They've been raising money, they've been sacrificing. They've endured, uh, you know, all sorts of things to get to this place, because God's about to do something amazing. Amen. So, would you stretch your hands out and let's agree in prayer? Thank you, God, for uh, particularly for Jay and Molly for heading this up, and and God for giving so much time and energy and virtue and money and and even their entire family leaning into this. God, would you would you uh, would that pay dividends uh, on this trip and beyond it? God, that there are are people who are going to be on this trip uh, that are going to come back with their lives literally changed, like upside down kind of thing because of what happened at this trip. And it's not them, it's not any person, it's you. And so, God, would you move and we pray for the community in Baton Rouge. And while we get to go there and and we get to learn and we get to grow and come back changed, we pray that we would just deposit some seeds and seeds that would bear fruit and fruit that remains years and decades into the future. And uh, we just thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, can we give it up for this team? And uh, it's going to be awesome. And we're excited. And so... Before you grab your seats, uh, a couple quick announcements for you. Speaking of our youth team, uh, we've also got our camp registration available out in the lobby. We would love to talk with you if you have any questions about that, scholarships, all of those things. And we have camp coming up. We are very excited about. Another thing that we are excited about is the 4th of July. Although most of you aren't excited anymore because they make you not be able to do things that make you excited, hashtag fireworks. But uh, I got an underground operation in my garage. Let me know, I'll make a deal. I'm kidding, I'm teasing. I would never do that, but never do. I do have some sparklers left over from last year. However, um, on the 4th of July, we really want you to be in your community. We want you to be in your neighborhood. We want you to be with your friends. And so what we're gonna be doing is we've got a special online service at 10 a.m. only. It'll stream throughout the day and throughout the week as well or it'll be available on demand. And we want you to watch from home and then do your barbecue thing. Invite your neighbors over and, and embody what it means to be a community in the community. So that's on the 4th of July. And that is in preparation for the 11th. to say July 11th. I heard you at home too. July 11th, we are getting the band back together full force. So we're opening uh, back at full capacity. We're gonna have our kids ministry available for both services. And we're going to have food trucks afterwards. We're going to have the inflatables out there, the train running around. Uh, It's going to be a day. It is just going to be a good day. All the food trucks are going to be after both services. And so invite. Uh, Your neighbors that you hang out with on the 4th invite them to come to church on the 11th This would be a great opportunity and some of you are looking to get back involved This is also a great opportunity for you and you'll notice the connection cards whether it's online or on on the app You can do that even in this room or fill out a connection card and drop them on the on your way out in the offering containers And we would love to get you plugged in for this day and beyond. It's gonna be a good 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 season So is that enough? Can we all take a breath? All right, before you grab your seats, one last thing. I want you to get out of your seats and find two or three people, give them a little elbow high five, get to know them, say hey to them, tell them they look good this morning.
3: Kids, Mom needs more help inside.
2: Hey, how many kids do you have? Three. Three? Yeah. That is a good number.
0: Whoa,
3: whoa, Um, let's just concentrate on this one for now. <laughs> hey, what's it like being a dad?
1: Hour off just being with you, then I could say... Kiss her, Daddy, me. kiss her!
4: Hashtag gag me. Ugh. Mr. Clams has been sleeping for two days, Daddy. Goodbye, Mr. Clams. No!
3: All right. Just slow down a little I bit. stop
4: yelling at me.
2: I don't think that.
3: <laughs> oh, OK. OK. Uh, and that is why we always wear our seatbelt. And that's the birds and the bees.
4: I am so proud
2: of you, son. Run, huh?
1: Run, it's gonna blow!
3: Have I told you lately? I
4: know, Dad. You love me. You tell me all the time.
3: Actually, I was going to tell you I think you're beautiful inside and out.
4: Whatever. Dad, you are disgusting. Yeah, Dad, you are disgusting.
3: This right here goes to your future, this right here goes to you, and this right here goes to God.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa! How much does God get?
3: (sighs) What's wrong, beautiful?
4: Trevor broke up with me. Thank you, Lord. He's such a jerk. He broke up with me on a text message.
0: He just replied,
4: "Dad, I can't believe you."
1: <laughs> Thanks, Dad.
0: He
3: didn't deserve you. <laughs> he didn't deserve you.
0: One, two.
3: Heavenly Father, thank you for being so good to us.
4: God has the coolest job. He can make clouds all day.
3: Yeah, he does. But I think one of his very best jobs is when he made you. Daddy. Hey, what's it like being a dad?
4: How much time you got?
0: That was great. I'm, uh, I'm getting a little teared up being a dad. Can we uh, just take a moment and can we honor the dads in the room? Can we give it up? Come on, you can do better than that. Man. And, uh, you know, Paul, Paul um, said in one of his letters, he said that we have many teachers, but not many fathers. And I, I know that many of us are in here this, this morning because of our dads, but we're also here because of those who've gone before and who have said, I'll step in and I'll lead. Yeah, I know many in here don't know their dad or they've lost their dad or maybe you're a dad and you've lost you know, your kids or, or whatever it might be. And there's such a wide spectrum of, of experiences and feelings as we approach a day like this. But it is so uh, good to remember uh, the significance of the dads and the fathers in the room, and 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 uh, just to be able to honor uh, the impartation that they've given. Can we give it up one more time for our dads and uh, and the fathers? Those of you who mentor, who lead, and uh, it is not insignificant. It is important, and so. Um, We we have one other group of people. Speaking of dads, uh, a bunch of grads were born around 18 years ago because of some dads, and we want to honor our grads this morning. See what I did there? I segued pretty good, right? Thank you. And so we've got uh, we've got a few grads in, you know, many of them are going to be here the second service, but I want to honor a few of our grads that are here this morning. And would you come up to the stage? Emma, I know we got Zach back there. Zach, would you come up? Any, anybody else? Any other grads that are in the room? We have a gift for you, Tanner. And uh, can you guys come up to the stage? And any others? I know we've We've got about 40 grads. Uh, that we're going to be able to honor, and we are just so proud of you guys. I know that these three in particular, come on, get, get in this. This is your, this is your moment. This is your, this is your fame, moment of fame right here. We've got Tanner, Zach, and Emma, all three of these in particular. I'm glad that, that it's the three of you guys up here. You have served so faithfully. You've served the house uh, Sundays. You've served Wednesdays, and you all three do it with such a great attitude. But beyond that, you're just excellent, excellent people that set an example uh, for young and old. I hope that you guys can look up to these these three because you can. And, uh, you know, Zach is one of our creatives. He's been uh, just creating all sorts of stuff, taking pictures and doing video and all of those things over the years. Emma is one of our singers and our worship leaders and our student leaders. All three of our, these are student leaders. Uh, Tanner, this guy has been faithfully without any need for recognition doing all of our setup for Wednesday nights and is just does it with a great attitude and so all three of these guys can we honor them and uh pretty cool and we have a gift for you but we'll give those to you once you get off the stage but would you stretch your hands out toward them i was thinking about this this verse uh that another verse from paul where he said he told young timothy be strong in the grace And each of you has a unique grace on your life. And I want to encourage you, as you go forward, you don't need to be anybody else. You need to be strong in the grace that God has put into you because that is what the world needs. That's why he created you, amen? Thank you, God, for all three of these amazing young people that have set an example for the young and old of what it means to love you and love people. And I pray that as they go from here, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God, that you have called them and you've equipped them. And I thank you, God, that they're each going different places, and none of them can can predict what the future holds. But what we can predict is that you're going to be faithful, and you're going to move in mighty ways in and through their lives. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. Can we give it up one more time for our grads? Love you guys. And we've got, we've got your gifts down here. Naharka's got them for you. And, uh, wow. I, I, I'm doing a lot of talking this morning, but my last thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to get ready to receive, as we receive tithes and offerings this morning. And, um, and if you haven't given, if that's not been a regular part of your, your rhythm, I want to encourage you to do so. All the instructions are on the screen, or if you're watching from home, uh, you can do so on your app, uh, on our church app, or on the website as well. And if you're in person, you can drop your checks or cash off as you exit the sanctuary in the offering containers. And I want to encourage you, as you just saw on display, whether it's uh, creating space for dads to mentor and to lead and to love, or it's, um, you know, many of you were, don- you know, you donated or you made generous um, contributions to our mission trip as we're sending 49 people, uh, you know, across the nation, or just creating a space for, uh, for students to grow up into the house of God. Whatever it is, when you give, you're contributing to that. And I just want to encourage you to give more and more because it's making a difference to connect people to the realness of God, which is what we are all about. So I want to encourage you to do that. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And let's pray. Thank you, God, for your generosity. Everything we do is in response to that. So we give today with that in mind. We pray that it would, be, uh, it would go further than we could do on our own. And we thank you that it's going to make a difference in our community and beyond. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Taylor. Taylor,
3: I'm a father. And I'm very proud of you, son. Seriously. Seriously. I am proud of my son. Uh, You have, it's interesting how over the years you have developed into being a pastor, but even before you were ever had any inspiration to be a pastor, uh, you were always the one that wanted to do the right thing, and I appreciate that about you, and uh, I love how you're now a father, and you're now leading your children in the way that they should go, and I'm pretty excited about it. I'm honored to be your father. Amen. It's a busy weekend. Grads graduating, people getting married. This weekend, we celebrated Juneteenth, the celebration of slaves being set free, which is, hey, this is our ministry as a church, as a Christian, is to set captive people free, right? Right? And uh, even though we celebrate something that happened a couple hundred years ago, we have to recognize that there's still slavery going on all around the world. And so let's keep our mission to set captive people free, amen, Uh, because it's against the heart and the will of God to have anybody be oppressed by anyone or anything, amen? Amen. And we're also celebrating, of course, Father's Day as as we've talked about. And so today I want to discuss probably the ultimate father parable that there is, the prodigal son. Let's pray. God, thank you for the spirit of God that lives and breathes in each and every one of us. May today our ears be open to hear freshly a story that we've heard many, many times in many cases. But Lord, I pray that, that... Not only would you help us with hearing the words that come from the story, but that you would also begin to open up our eyes to see application into our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. One of my favorite things to do as a father was to tell stories to our kids. And um, I use story time, bedtime, to tell stories because stories have a way of communicating truths that... Uh, get past the cognitive blocks and get into the soul. Jesus was fantastic at telling stories, parables, aphorisms, all kinds of ways to communicate truth besides just stating facts. You know, it's, it's really interesting that sometimes a story doesn't have to be true for it to tell truth. Did you catch that? Okay. And Jesus' stories had truths packed inside of them. And a lot of times I think we, we, we lose the truths because we're looking for the correct interpretation. Are you following me? Like if you go out into the lobby, you'll see some abstract art out there. It's funny to hear the different people say what they see in the art. Everybody sees something different. They pull something different out of it. And oftentimes what destroys it is if you have to get the correct interpretation only. And the fact of the matter is the artist is usually packing the art full of inspiration and all kinds of things other than what you think they put in there. And so the beautiful thing about God's stories is that they're packed full of truths and you get to decide if you're going to look for them or not. And today, as we read through this story, I think it'll be really interesting because I think some of us, um, I think some of us will, uh, I think every single person here will get something different out of it and all of it be true and all of it intended by the Father. So uh, as we get into it, keep this in mind, Uh, stories have a way of getting past some of the blockades. And so uh, one of the things I would do with Taylor and Shelby and Cameron, so we'd lay on the bed and I'd tell them a story. And I would reflect on the day, whether they were in a fight with each other or maybe something was happening on the news. I remember when 9-11 happened, 9-11 got inserted into the story. And all the stories ended up with some sort of placement of the three boys that I had into the story, probably the most famous stories, that we had were Willy, Billy, and Silly. Willie was the responsible older brother. Billy was the middle son. And he was kind of responsible and a little bit on the sneaky side. And then there was Silly. You could never understand what he was going to do next because he was always doing something funny. So Willie, Billy, and Silly were Taylor, Shelby, and Cameron often. And so, by the time the story was over, after I'd been woken up three times, because I would start the story, and all of a sudden, I would fall asleep, and they'd wake me up, <laughs> Dad, Dad, finish the story. Oh, yeah, where did I leave off? Had no idea where I was at, so I had to keep ma- I made them up as, as we went. And uh, Jesus was a little better at telling stories, <laughs> and... Uh, And the interesting thing is that he tells three stories in a row here. First, he tells a story in Luke chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 15. The first story he tells is is a story about some sheep that were lost. He says, which one of you, if you had a bunch of sheep, if you lost one, wouldn't go looking for it? And once you found it, you'd be excited. He was using that to illustrate how God feels about somebody that repents. When they've been wandering. Or the next story talks about a woman who, if she had ten coins, if she lost one of them, what woman in her right mind wouldn't sweep, turn on a light a candle and look around and try to find that lost coin? Again, the value of that coin, the value of the individual, so important to God. And so he's illustrating. How much value we have to him as a father. Then he goes on to tell this third story. And this is where we go today. Starting with uh, verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine going to your dad and say, hey, dad, do you mind putting a house on the market? I'd like to get my inheritance now. It's like, it's not going to go over too good, right? Uh, In in these days, in this particular time, the inheritance, two-thirds of the inheritance went to the older son. Don't get any ideas, Taylor. Um, And uh, two-thirds of the inheritance always went to the oldest son and then one-third for the other. And so this youngest son wants his portion, and he goes to the father. He says, hey, I want my share of the estate now before you die. And his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Right there, you can find all kinds of applications. I want you to be looking for the application see if you can find yourself in this story cuz I can find myself in three different positions in this story at this place this guy he wants his share of the inheritance and he wants it now and what he wants to do is he wants the benefit of his father's wealth but he doesn't want the relationship or the ties you see what I mean? So he wants the benefit, but he doesn't want the relationship. He wants the benefit, but he doesn't want the responsibility. He, he wants to be free, but he doesn't want to tether back to the family. He wants to be free. He wants to be cut off. Now, this is a family application, but it's also a spiritual application. I think a lot of times people, they want the benefits from God. They want the benefits from his protection, for his healing, his provision, his, all the things. But we don't want the ties or the tether. We don't want the relationship. And so you see this forming here in the story. So, he goes to a distant land where he wasted all of his money on wild living. Right about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. Interesting in Jewish culture, you know, they, didn't eat, they don't eat pig. And so they put him in charge of feeding the pigs. The very thing that represented uncleanness. And so he's in this unclean environment. He's in this unclean pig's trough, if you will. And he's hungry. It goes on to say this. The young man began hungry so that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. You know, it's, it, it's kind of interesting. And sometimes we get in this spot where we want to be distant from the family or we want to be distant from God or we want to be distant from church, but we really don't want to be hungry. We don't want to be miserable, and yet we chose it. And the father allowed him to choose it. He didn't try to stop him. He let him make the choice. Oh, he might have had a conversation. He might have said, no, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, this is I don't think this is a good idea. But nonetheless, he let him choose. So he chose to be disconnected, take all the benefits. It's interesting how all the benefits wear out pretty quick. You run out. So sometimes we see this in our own lives is sometimes we, we just choose to distance ourselves from the rule of God or the inspiration of God or the love of God or the the morals of God or the, the life of God and the family of God and, and all those kinds of things and We get ourselves in a spot where those things last us for a while. The relationships last for a while. We still got the connections. We still got the finances. We still got all the things. But eventually, our soul runs dry, and we we become up wanting and hungry and wanting the nourishment that we once had from the Father. And so... When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he, he's thinking, you know, I had it way better when I was at home and he comes to his right senses and says, this doesn't make sense what I'm doing. I'm hungry. My father's hired servants. They're not hungry. They're getting everything that they need. They got they are in the, the, the household and they've got all the provision, all the kinds of things. And I'm out here feeding pigs. This is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. So he's, he starts heading back home because, hey, it'd be better to be a servant, a hired servant in my father's house, than to be out here eating with pigs. Well, that makes sense. The problem is, he still is thinking about himself. Did he, notice he didn't say, I miss my dad. I miss having a relationship with the father. I miss my brother. No, he just, I'm hungry. My dad used to give me everything I needed. He provided everything for me. I had it all. And he said, yeah, it doesn't make sense to be out here, I think. He's thinking transactional. He's saying, "Ah, I think I'll go get a job with my dad. It's like, again, what is he doing? He's following what he feels and what he wants versus the relationship that God has always designed him to have. That brings all those other things that he wants. Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added to you. You'll get all the things that you want, but you've got to seek first a relationship with the kingdom of God. Allow the kingdom to come in. So, and Ta- Pastor Taylor said it a couple of weeks ago where he says, Sometimes people want the, they, they want the benefits of living in the kingdom, but they don't want the king. Sometimes we want the benefit of the father, but we don't want the father. And so so this is the position that this guy is in. So it goes on. Verse 20. Well, you know, this reminds me of a story. Let me before I go any further. When I was sixteen years old, maybe seventeen, my dad had built a cabin up on Woodby Island. It was a cabin that had no running water. No electricity for the longest time. Eventually we got electricity, but we'd go up every weekend and we'd go up there at the cabin. We'd work on the cabin. We'd play on the beach because it was right on the water. It was a beautiful place. Little shack, really. That's all it was. But we loved it. It was a one-room cabin. Our whole family stayed in it. We had a wood-burning stove that we'd cook on and we'd heat the the cabin up with that. Uh, I'd wake up in the morning hearing the seagulls. And it was just a a great, great experience growing up. And uh, uh, when I became a teenager and could drive, I had this new freedom. And uh, this is before I had a relationship with God. I wasn't a Christian. And we were going through some really difficult times as a family. And my mom was really sick at that time. And I was looking to distance myself And get away from the family because the family had so much dysfunction in it that I just wanted to be free. I wanted to enjoy my life. I wanted to go where life felt fun. I wanted to go where there was some happiness. So I started partying with my friends and doing kinds of wild stuff. One of the things that I did was I decided I was going to have spring break party up at, at, at the Murray Cabin. And uh, so we invited a bunch of people, handed out flyers to people, and over 100 people showed up. <laughs> One of the more brilliant things I did in my life. Well, after four days of being there, <laughs> yeah, with 100 people, cars parked everywhere, and, I mean, just, it was just nuts. And... Uh, Somebody lit a fire on the beach and it caught a bunch of tents on fire and burned them all down to the ground. And uh, I'm sitting there looking at watching them destroy the neighbor's stairwell that went down to the beach, tipped over one of the outhouses and stuff like that. And I was looking at it and I go, man, these guys, they don't care about me. They don't care about my family's place. I, all of a sudden I had this overwhelming sense of, "Oh, these guys are all using me." And this party was the result of me wanting the freedom and to be distant and go to a distant land, if you will, and enjoy the benefits of my father. He cut every board with a handsaw, drilled every hole with a hand crank drill carried the boards along the beach for a quarter mile to get to the place where the cabin was because there was no roads at the time. I enjoyed the benefits of it. But I violated the relationship with my father. There was only one redeeming thing out of the whole thing. That's where my wife and I got together. (laughs) So... I, tell my dad, I told my dad before he passed away, I said, hey, dad, I just want you to know it was God's plan that I went up and had that party at your cabin, because uh, I met my wife there, and he goes, oh, Fooey." So, I don't know what "fooey means, but it's not a good thing. But, um, so anyway, but that was my experience. I, I got there, and it, I came to my senses, and I realized, you know what? This wasn't a good idea and I'm never going to do this again. But I didn't realize how it affected the relationship between me and my father, because after the party was over, the tents that had caught on fire caught some logs on fire, and we left, and a week later, the wind started to blow. And some of those logs that were smoldering after we had put out the fire lit on fire again. And pretty soon, with nobody around the cabin, big flames came up on the beach and logs caught on fire. And you could see them from a long ways away. And the people down, a quarter mile away, walked down with buckets to put out that fire. And they knew who my dad was because he used to park the car where they lived. And so he got, they got to know him, and they finally called him. And my mom answered the phone. And she came up to me, and she says stephen did you did you go up to the cabin last week during spring break? I said, yeah it's on fire everything's on fire right now I, oh no, oh no The worst part about it is your dad and his best friend who had the cabin next door your dad's um, best friend knows about this, and when he confronted your dad about it, your dad said, my son would never do that. And their friendship of many years was on the rocks. And so my mom just wept. And then I realized I'd violated the relationship. I know that's kind of a heavy story. It's like, okay, let's go have some root beer floats. You know, it's like. <clears throat> but this is the situation that we have here, right? Yes. This, is, this is real life, right? Yeah. This happens. And this is one of the things that led me to wanting to come to Jesus. Yeah. It teed me up. And shortly after that, Tina and I both became Christians as a result of taking my inheritance, squandering it away. And the inheritance is that relationship. Because the relationship will produce for you something more than any money can do or any house can do or any of that kind of stuff. So, so then he goes, so he returns home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But interesting thing is his, his father, he sees him from a long ways off. He sees that he's coming. And before he's even there, he's excited. Because the son has now pointed himself and postured himself where he's coming close. As opposed to moving far away. This is the way God looks at all of you. As he sees any slight desire, any any sign of repentance, any sign of humbling yourself, any sign of, I just want you, Lord. I, I just want you. We sang the song. I just want you. This is what God wants. He doesn't want you to want him for the stuff. He doesn't want you to want him because you won't go to hell, or you, you'll get healed, or that you'll have protection. He wants you to want him. And so his father is saying, oh, there's some indication that he's coming back. That means he's gonna come back into my home and, and help help me build the family legacy and all the things. And so he gets excited. It makes me think about some of us is sometimes we can only see progress when somebody's completely changed and radically turned their lives around, but we don't see from afar off. And some of you have kids that you have to see them from afar off. Some of you have kids that are nowhere near home yet, but you can see from afar off every time they make any little indication that they miss home or miss the Lord or miss, miss out. Sometimes there's a little text message. I got a text message last night from somebody. That I could tell that they were waking up to the errors of their ways. But I could see it from far off. Now, are they there yet? No. But the Father sees before it ever happens. He sees any movement that's coming. And that's the way he looks at you. Any slight movement. Some of you think that you're, 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 you're not right with God because you haven't done everything perfect. You haven't completely come home yet. You're still on your journey. You're still searching and all that. But God can see from afar off. Let's keep going. Father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. Okay, so he's returned to life. Okay, there's one thing. There's the life that goes on on the inside of you, the light that goes on, the the emotional and spiritual connection that comes on, but there's also the life that comes from entering back into the family. There's a family dynamic where all everybody comes together. It doesn't mean there isn't dysfunction. Some of you have dysfunction, so you think your family isn't worth anything. No. Family is like you got a tie despite the dysfunction. Remember the movie Little Miss Sunshine? Anybody seen that? The whole, the whole carload of them were dysfunctional. But what held them together is their love for each other. In the midst of their dysfunction, they were a family. Some of you, you look at your family and go, well, this isn't the ultimate Christian family. and You you don't have any faith in it. You don't have any trust in it. You don't have any, oh, you you know, it's a family that's been put together because of dysfunction. And some of you got, you have to adopt people into your family just to have a family, and that's okay. God sees what you have and will show you how to make it work. And when you come back to the family, You come back to life. Some of us, we need to come back to church and realize that this is our family. This is our family. Okay, so look at this. Look at what happens here. We must celebrate with feast for the son of mine was dead and now returned to life. He was lost and now he's found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working, being responsible, okay? Okay, doing the right thing. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. He refused. Isn't it kind of interesting? Have you ever noticed this, that everybody that does the right thing, oftentimes they're not asked to give their testimony. It's the bonehead that screwed everything up for years. And we, they, they turn back to God or they come to God and they turn away from their stupid ways, like I did. And then they're given a microphone and say, tell your story. Yeah, right? So this is the situation. It's like kind of like, okay, the brother's coming home. He's getting all this attention. The guy that did the right thing gets no attention. He gets no fatted calf. He, gets, he doesn't even get a goat. Okay, and so it's kind of a sad thing, okay? He says, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. That's some of you. Some of you are some really good Christians. You do everything that God says. You read the Bible and you go out and do it. You get the list of morals that are good to keep, to keep you pure and keep you holy, keep you strong, keep your family intact, and you're doing all the right things. did everything you told me to do and in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering all your money on prostitutes you celebrate by killing a fatted calf his father said to him look dear son you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours we had to celebrate this happy day For your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Man. It's interesting, this, this this older brother, he was silent when the younger brother wanted to leave. He didn't try to beg his brother to stay. You know, in that culture, the oldest son would be the one called upon to mitigate a problem in the family. He didn't call a meeting. He didn't bring everybody together. He didn't sit down and counsel with his father. He just let him go. There, there was obviously, there there was something missing between the brothers, and oftentimes this happens in our families. Sometimes brothers, sometimes are at odds with each other. And this happened in this case. And so this brother, these, there was this, relationship that was missing and so even though the brother was doing all the right things the older brother was doing all the right things he still was missing out on the relationship as well as the younger brother was they both had missed the point and so the point that one of the points that jesus or the truths that jesus would try to show us in this whole parable and the one that i want you to get right now is is that the older brother he was trying to earn his way or do his way, or be good enough for the father's love. And the father said, hey, you've always been with me. You've always stayed by my side. I love that about you. But remember, you got a brother, and he was lost, and now he's found. This is a good day. You see, the father wants relationship. The brothers wanted something. For themselves, other than the relationship. Folks, the minute you enter into self-centeredness, you've entered into sin. Because the scripture tells us that he that knows to do right, but doesn't do it to him it is sin. Those of you that are watching that online right now, I want you to think about this. Every single person sitting here in this room, I want you to think about this. You do not have to earn God's approval. You don't have to earn his love. You don't have to earn the relationship. It's already been extended to you. He wants you to come in and enjoy the legacy and help him build something that lasts for eternity. And when you go out and squander everything, you're you're damaging the legacy. You're not helping build the legacy. When you are working so hard that you forget about the relationship, you're so busy serving, you're so busy giving, you're so busy working hard, you forget about the family, you forget about God, you forget about the church, you forget about all the things. You're you're so busy, you're so committed to those things. You lose track of the whole reason that we do those things is so that we can build a family. And whether it's the nuclear family that you have or it's the church of God family, because some of us don't have families that are functioning, right? But we have a family of God and we all have the same father and that father wants a relationship with you. So in honor of Father's Day, in honor of Father's Day today, I would like you to examine this story and ask yourself, are you the older brother that gets mad when you see that some people have welcomed into the kingdom even before they've cleaned up? Or are you the older, are are you the younger brother that has squandered the inheritance that God has given you? Maybe it comes in the form of God, God opened your eyes to see that you can be born anew. You can be born again, you can have your sins for God. That's a great inheritance. When you look at that inheritance, have you squandered that? Have you wasted it? Because you know, if you think about it, the freedom that you have in knowing that God loves you and that he cares about you and that he wants relationship with you is something that you can get used to or it's something that you can build into your family and then invite others into it as well. Let's not squander that inheritance. Let's make sure we're not just trying to get the benefit without the relationship, without the responsibility of building a legacy for years to come. Amen? Amen. All around this room right now, I'd like you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, and look within your soul. And uh, what truth in this story can you use in your Which one of the truths that came through your mind do you feel like God's showing to you right now? Some of us are wrestling with some family dynamics that are really hard right now. It's even hard for you to just concentrate on this story because there's been so much talk about a father just keep this in mind no matter how dysfunctional or how painful your situation is in your life all of us here have a heavenly father that wants to walk you through it and if you'll just take some steps towards him this morning he can see you from afar off and he'll welcome you in if you're here today and and you're wrestling with a dynamic in your family that interferes with you Really celebrating the family dynamic that you have. Can you just lift your hand up right now? I'm going to pray for you. All around this room. If that's you. You got a family dynamic that makes it really challenging. Okay. I see your hands. I see, yes. All over. Okay. Lord Jesus, at home now we pray, God. And in this room we pray. God, we pray right now that your kingdom come, your will be done in this family. God, I pray that you you would draw people back to the Father, that you'd begin to mend the family dynamic at home, that you begin to mend the relationships, Lord God, that have been severed or been strained or maybe even discontinued. God, that you would bring people back to their families, that you'd bring people back to the Heavenly Father. And God, we pray that a supernatural healing would take place. And that, God, we would see the greatest days ahead of us. May a celebration begin. May a celebration begin, Lord God, in our homes. Lord, may when we see our family members, may we see them whether they're ready to jump back into relationship or they're still afar off. God, help us welcome and celebrate every single one of them. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey guys, I I I want you to know that. This July 11th, when we come back and we bring back the family, um, I want this to be a celebration. Because I think during COVID, some of us have just kind of distanced ourselves from the family of God. We've taken the inheritance, we've used it on our own, and we forget that there is a legacy we need to build. There's a family we need to build. And so both of these two sons in this story, they forgot that their dad was building a legacy. The inheritance wasn't just to be spent on one generation. The inheritance, what we get from God, is meant to be deposited into our family and then go into future generations. It's the same thing with the church. The church is the family of God. And when we come together with the intention not just for what we can get or the benefit that we get from church but we come with the intention the desire to build relationships that are redemptive and healing and life-giving when we come with that intention instead of just what we can get then something beautiful takes place so those of you that know folks that, that haven't been around church for a long time, or maybe they, they need a church, get them here on the 11th. It's going to be a powerful time. We're going we're to have fun. We're going to be happy. And the Word is going to go forth strong. And you guys are going to be blessed. The kids are going to love it. The adults are going to love it. And the family is going to come together. And God is going to be happy and celebrate with us. Amen? Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to turn it over to... Who is it? Taylor, come on up.
0: All right, come on. Wow, that Isn't was not a good, word? good leap there. I did I did jump. Got, got my hops from my dad. Um, hey, would you stand all over this room with me as we close and we'll send you out? But we're going to have our prayer team right up front. Uh, for any of you who need prayer, maybe, maybe something in today's service uh, poked at you and you just need to process it or pray with someone or whatever it might be. Maybe you're in here and you've never you've never really professed faith in Jesus and you're ready to begin that journey uh, or return to the Father. You're ready to come back to God. Maybe you've wandered. Whatever it might be, I want to invite you into taking that next step in your journey with Jesus. You'll never regretting, you'll never regret taking a step. And so I want to invite you to do that. If you've never prayed that prayer or invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life or or anything like that, today is your day. We're going to pray together, but if that's you for the first time, come find one of these prayer partners afterwards. We'd love to pray with you. Would you repeat after me as we go? Jesus, from this day forward, I will follow you and I will follow your example. Thank you for giving everything so that I can have life from this day forward, I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen. Hey, have a great day, dads and everyone. We got root beer floats out there for you. Uh, Hang out, enjoy the sun, and uh, we'll see you next week. Also, sign up, high schoolers, for camp.
4: now nah.